Hi, it's Tom Panos here with John Legra, Million Dollar Agent. Welcome, welcome, John. Hi, Tom. How are you? Uh, it's good to be back and uh, so excited. Like we've just uh, found out last week, we've only launched it. It was your smart idea to call up and say, Tom, let's get together on a weekly basis and talk about the best stuff that's going out there. And within the first day of launch, John, number one in Australia in the podcast in general and number one in business. I think it slipped back a little bit in general, but it's still number one business yeah. podcast in Australia. Well, clearly not much competition out there in the podcast arena, <laughs> Absolutely, Tom. and we'll enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> uh, John, eliminating excuses. And yesterday we were doing a video with real estate uh, business and you actually used a, a word ahead of that and that was ruthlessly eliminating excuses yeah look I think it's an important one the reason I put ruthlessly there Tom is I think you've actually got to work hard because excuses are an ingrained part of all of us you know even even those people that are evolved and positive and optimistic there's always a tendency to grab for something that I guess buries a non-result or a failure and so you've got to work hard so I, I think one of the things is if you want to get to your anywhere near your potential You've got to eliminate anything that you think justifies mediocre or suboptimal performance. So whatever that can mean, for everyone it's going to be different. And what are the, they, I mean, John? You tell me some of the excuses that a real estate agent driving along in the car now is listening. What are some of those, the excuses that we say to ourselves? Well, the interesting thing, Tom, is I think the initial excuses you hear are never the real ones. So the initial ones you say, so Tom, how are you going on your prospecting? And most agents say, oh, John, I've been so busy. I'm saying, come on, man, this is like you've got 60 hours in your week and prospecting is one of your key activities and in 60 hours you haven't found time. So being busy is an excuse. And it's like, you know, it's productivity, not activity. So you've got to get out of that excuse. So the next one is, you know, well, oh, John, I missed my last three listings. So why did you miss them, Tom? Well, you know, the competition's going in at 1%. So how on earth can I get them? Well, the reality of that scenario is the vendor didn't see any difference between you and the 1% guy, so they appointed them. So let's get rid of that excuse and be so much better than the rest. So you've got to work out what do you say that justifies your non-performance? And then you've got to sort of start removing that and, and then working out. Like I've said then, if you were 5% better in the eye of the vendor and you were 1% more expensive, you're the best deal they're going to sign you're up You're still at. 4% better off, aren't Correct. you? Correct. So, you know, the thing for me is really about identifying them and catching them at the time. And when I'm coaching with people, I'll do a half-hour coaching, you know, on a daily basis with a lot of different guys in our organisation. And, and, and I'm catching them and I'll say, hang on, you've just said something there. Let me rewind. Is that really true? Did you really list that list, miss that listing because of that? And they say, oh, well, someone else told me that um, they thought they could get 300000 more for the property than I did. And I'm saying, well, that's not why you lost it. You lost it because you didn't handle the pricing discussion and philosophy and strategy appropriately. Because, yeah. by the way, we don't know whether they can or can't yet get $300,000 more. And in a hot market like this in many parts of Australia, there are people getting 300000 more yeah. than they thought. So, you know, really what I say is let's own that. Let's own the fact that you didn't handle that well. You could have handled that better and still got the listing without, and I'm not saying or at all endorsing over-quoting. I mean, that's the furthest thing from my reality. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you know, you need to remove that as an excuse so you can actually get to the point where you handle this stuff and take responsibility. John, I want to uh, go through a, a few excuses and you just throw the first thing that comes to your mind. And I know we're doing this on the fly. Excuse uh, number one is I'm too young. A lot of agents. What do you say to that? I'm too new. I'm young. I'm new so at it. My, my twist on that and how I'd shift the paradigm is if you're good enough, you're old enough. 
And that's what Nick Barson told me many years ago when I started, and I had that excuse for myself. Six months it took me to sell my first property, and I thought, this is not the industry for me. Now, thank God someone shifted my paradigm and said, you know, John, it's not about age. It's not about too young, too old, male, female, educated, uneducated. It's about what are you doing every day that's attracting business to you and is delivering great service. That's what it counts. It doesn't matter whether you're 18 or 78, really, it's irrelevant. And I think the exciting thing is, John, you can always uh, look at evidence that there's always someone younger that's actually doing it, and they're the things that you should focus on. I mean, there's a lot of agents around Australia now, John, that aren't 35 or 45 that are writing big numbers. I mean, Gavin Rubenstein um, at Ray White writing um, a million bucks. I mean, you can go through stories and stories. I love what you said uh, at a conference that we were talking at once in Adelaide where uh, I think someone mentioned that I'm, I'm new. And I think the response was, when won't you no right. longer be new? So how long is that excuse going to last? Because I've, I've heard people, I've said, so when did you start? And they said, well, 18 months ago. And I'm saying, well, kind of, that's not new anymore. You know, for the first week you were new, maybe the first month that's an excuse. But after that, you've got as much opportunity as the person's been in at 20 years. So you got, but you've got to get rid of that excuse. So I say, stop saying you're new. Stop saying I'm too old. Stop thinking I'm too young. Whatever, whatever is your excuse. Uh, John, what about the agent um, that says, I don't have enough, I, I don't have the contacts? And uh, one of the people that comes to mind is uh, Michael Pallia, who um, works the Double Bay market. And uh, great you agent. know him well. I think he's spent time working at the Yeah, class. we're very fortunate he worked here for a while. He's a great agent. And, and, he, and here's a classic example of someone that is not brought up in the eastern suburbs, it comes from Wollongong, mm-hmm. that has got no contacts. He started as a mechanic. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but a lot of people would use that as an excuse. Well, I'm a kind of a mechanic from Wollongong. How am I going to get ahead? And Mike today is one of the top few agents in the country and and one of the top few agents in the world um, because he didn't use excuses. And he he started because I started in car sales with myself many years ago and we crossed paths very early in our careers. Were you a good car salesman? Well, I was a trainee, so I was 17 years of age, so I think I, I probably had a lot of enthusiasm. Um, and, and hopefully develop the skill as I progress through my selling career. But um, Michael you know, started literally as a mechanic in Rolls-Royce, then he went to a sales agent, he was successful as a sales, Rolls-Royce salesperson, successful in that, and then he thought, I'm going to get into real estate. Because he was doing well, but he wasn't earning as much money as he thought he could. So he switched industries, came and worked with us, and he was s- clever enough to ring every customer that he had at Rolls-Royce and say, Mr. Panos, I've just moved into real estate. I, you can't, I can't tell you how excited I am. I just love the opportunity to speak to you if you ever thought of selling. Now, you can imagine, people that own Rolls-Royces kind of own waterfronts often, right? Yeah. Well, at least they own multi-million dollar homes. But he didn't let that stop him. The fact that he was new to real estate, he got on the phone and he made the calls. And because he'd given people great customer service before, they were open to a discussion. Now, it would have been easy to say, well, those people that drive Rolls-Royces, they're not going to list with a new guy on the block, so I'll just sit here and I'll wait and I'll try and I'll ignore all my customers from the past. But he got into it and he made it happen and, you know, the rest is legendary. John, the excuse that I hear sometimes from people is, my office is too small. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes I actually hear the opposite, my office is too big, it's it's dog eat dog. What do you say to people that are carrying that story with them? So neither are real because the size of the office is irrelevant. It's what are you doing every single day? So I say to people, you know, there is beauty in small offices and there is beauty in larger offices. Whatever you've got to sell, maximise it and sell it well. And of course, you know, our history is that we used to be tiny and I used to have to sell the benefit of having only a small hand, uh, hand-selected group of clients um, and, you know, how I could give better service and spend more time and so forth. 
Now, as we've got a lot bigger, I need to talk about the infrastructure and the additional resources and tools that we can bring and the network of agents that we can introduce buyers through. And neither is better or worse, but as your life changes, you've got to sell whatever you've got. So you could be out there working for a franchise or an independent office, a small or a big office, Whatever you've got, just sell the benefits of it because none of them are better than anything else. Okay, so to all the girls and guys driving along, I think one of the things that's coming out of the last three or four minutes is the way you view the problem is the problem. The way you view the excuse is probably the excuse. And what you're saying is that maybe now's a good time as ever, John, to actually um, press the pause button and actually think to yourself, um, and, my, and what I am telling myself is the truth, or am I have, have I got this lie that I've repeated over and over in my head that's become my reality, which has become my excuse? Yeah, and, and how do I shift what is a current, what I might think is a current reality now, to a better reality? And it's not about smoke and mirrors, Tom. It's not about how do I how do I lie to myself so I trick myself into thinking. There is a reality that a small office is a beautiful environment to maximise a price. There is also a reality that says a big office and a big network can bring extra value that perhaps a small office can't. Both are true, but you've only got one of those to sell. So you've just got to grab whatever you've got to sell. You know, when I started out into real estate, the reality was I was young, I was 20 years of age as a salesman, I had no contacts, I had no networks, I had no experience. So rather than going out and selling that, which of course wouldn't have got much business, you know, I went out and I said, you know, to clients, things like, Tom, I've got more enthusiasm and more commitment. I will work with buyers. I will extract the best possible price. You will hear from me every single day, if not long, if not more frequently. You know, I can't claim to have a track record of great results. And, and I wish I could tell you I've been in the industry 10 years of that experience, but I haven't. But you're going to get a lot of enthusiasm from me and that counts for a lot. And, you know, some, a lot of people would say no, they didn't want to take the risk, but some people started seeing some value in that. And they said, look, we're going to give that young guy a go because he's enthusiastic and he's, he's been honest about what he's got and what he doesn't have. And so all I needed was a go. So then a few people eventually gave me a go and I turned them into raving fans. They told other people and then it just sort of escalates from there. But, it, you know, John, to me, it sounds like what you're saying is that the minute that you stop outsourcing your problem and creating an excuse is the minute that you actually take back the power that you can actually do something about it. Yeah. And what, you're, what, what I think is exciting that if you're driving along and listening is, yes, there are situations where things happen, but it's not the actual event. It's, it's your response to the event and the fact that you can actually do something about it, a, a decision, a choice where you said, hey, I'll use that as a strength. I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I'll use that as a separation. Yeah. And so, I think the, the thing is, Tommy, exactly right, is you, but you've got to identify them. Now, you might be clever enough to do that yourself. You might need a business coach or a sales manager or a principal to help you. But if I said to you, here's a really, hopefully, a practical, quick way for people listening. If I was sitting down, or you were, and I was sitting down with them now doing a one-on-one -on -one coaching session, which would be great, um, and I said, so, uh, Jane, tell me, you did 40 sales this year. That's kind of okay, but I get the feeling that you could have done 100. Why do you think you didn't do 100? And then whatever Jane says in response to that is generally going to be some level of justification or excuse. Well, John, didn't you realise we're in the middle of a GFC? 
you know, the, the competitors are cutting their fees down to less than 1%. How can I compete with that? I've got a competitor that doubles the quote every time and they, you know, my marketing's more expensive than everyone else's. Whatever is your set of excuses, and then just put them down as a list, because if you can get through those, there's now no longer any reason you can't do 100 sales in 2014. And 2014's fast approaching. So I want you to eliminate your excuses, many of which are ingrained long, and some of them might be specific and local and topical about what's happening. Others might be about, well, you know, I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. These might be like ingrained from decades ago. Um, you know, because, well, I don't look like a fancy pants salesman, do I? I'm, I'm, you know, I don't look like a Hollywood agent. Well, you know, less, guess what? You don't have to. You don't have to have been born on the wrong train. And, and John, to me, it's funny um, that you talk about that because I actually, I do hear that as well. I've got to tell you, I've probably been uh, one of the culprits of that where I've, I've thought at a certain time in my life, I'm this weight because it's my genes. That's the way that I am. And, you know, it's, it's, it's got nothing to do with the way I move my body or what I put into it. It's, it's my genes. And a lot of people will actually say that where they are today is um, something, it's just life. It's, it's, it's their genes. Their, it's hereditary. Yes. Um, what do you say to that? Well, you know, that, that's just, generally speaking, it's another excuse. And I understand, and, you know, talking about weight, for example, um, you know, there, there probably is 1% that do have some sort of thyroid or, or physical issue or, or chemi- chemical issue that can be causing some issues. But the other 99% just use that as an excuse. Well, I'm heavy boned. I'm, this is my family. I'm, you know, reality is if you exercise a bit more and eat better, you're going to trim your body up to a better shape. So I think you've just got to remove it because that, otherwise that excuse for the rest of your life will keep you 30 kilos overweight. Yeah. Okay. So I think you've got to, you've got to do that. John, as we finish up this topic on eliminating excuses, because I think it's an ideal time to actually start doing the inner work for 2014, and and success is an inside job. Things get better when you get better, and ruthlessly eliminating those excuses is probably going to be the first step at moving forward. What's a final tip that you'll leave our listeners today on excuses and living an excuse-free life? I think there are two things, Tom, that I heard years and years ago that I've really remembered, and that's why I love things like these podcasts. Hopefully you and I will say some things that will, people will carry through their lives. One was many years ago was there are excuses or results, but there's never the same two in the same place at the same time. So you've got to just decide what do you want, excuses or results. And the second one was take responsibility to get there faster. So, you know, we've all got life, hopefully we've got life goals and life plan and things we want to deliver in 2014. If you take responsibility for your ability to deliver, you'll get there a lot faster. Okay. Guys and girls, eliminating excuses. Thank you very much for listening. And I'd ask you, if you're uh, listening for one of the first few times, we'd love you to get some feedback off you. If you want to go onto iTunes and rate it or put some comments on there. But more importantly, if there's any questions that you'd like me and John to talk about over the coming weeks that we're doing podcasts, if you send them to tom at tompanos.com.au, we'll try to get around to answer those questions because we want to make sure that this podcast is about you and not so much about us. Thank you very much, John. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. I really Queensland today. Yeah, I'm going to Queensland today. But just to finish on, I'd love, I'd love people to send in some questions because that'll be really cool to be able to drill into some of the real issues that are happening out there in the marketplace for some of our listeners. So, you know, I hope they take that opportunity up and they send you an email or two or three, and then we'll try and get to them over the next few weeks. Okay, gang, have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time.